Hey guys, this is my first podcast ever and I'm so excited. Uh, When you hear what I'm talking about, you might think it's a bit weird that I'm excited, but that's fine. If you listen until the end, you'll see that I'm excited because this is something I'm passionate about. Today I'm going to talk about depression and kind of not at the same time. The thing is, everything I talk about can apply to someone who has or is suffering from depression, from anyone who cares about someone with depression, anyone who thinks and feels, so really anyone. Um, My hope is that I will be able to help others lift themselves up and live life more fully. So today what I'm going to discuss is connection and struggles and the balance and relationship that they have. The reason I'm talking about these topics hand in hand with depression is twofold. One, depression. Its job is to sever connections. It is a lonely illness, and it is definitely a struggle. And two, I know quite a bit about depression. I'm no expert, um, for sure, and I've picked up my knowledge about it from several books and from my own experience. I've struggled with it on and off for at least the last seven years. And saying that out loud almost hurts a bit, I guess because when I hear myself say that, it sounds like the last seven years must have been horrible. And at the same time, like, I must be weak for not figuring it out by now. But the honest truth is the last seven years, they've been amazing. When I think back, I realize I've had two children born in that time. I bought a new house and moved to a wonderful neighborhood. I've made lots of new friends. I've gone on amazing vacations with my family and with, my, and with just my husband and I. And I don't say this to brag, but to help those listening who don't understand what depression looks like. Because besides all of that, I've also been on and off antidepressants, taking them for at least three of those seven years. I've felt alone when I was surrounded by people who love me. I've skipped out on plenty of things I normally love to sit home and feel bad about or for myself. And all of that also helps me see that I'm not weak for still suffering from depression. What it is, is that as much as I hate depression, it serves a purpose in my life. And all of our suffering can serve a purpose and be for our benefit. We can learn from it, grow, improve ourselves. I've had all these ups and downs. And in the last seven years, above all else, I learned so much about depression and about myself. But there's always more room for learning. And so today I'm sharing my thoughts with you all, hoping that we can learn from each other and work on connection and decrease our collective suffering. So I'm currently reading the book, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And in that book, she describes connection like this. She says, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, and when they give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance from the relationship. Connecting with others is important. Our bodies were made to make connections, and that is a fact. Brene goes on to say that the latest findings in biology and neuroscience confirm that we are hardwired for connection and that our relationship shapes our biology as well as our experiences. And she quotes another book by uh, Daniel Goleman who says, Even the most routine encounters act as regulators in the brain, priming our emotions, some desirable, others not. The more strongly connected we are with someone emotionally, the greater the mutual force. 
Then she says this, It is amazing, yet perhaps not surprising, that the connectedness we experience in our relationships impacts the way our brain develops and performs. Seriously, you guys, the connectedness we experience impacts the way our brain develops and the way it performs. When I first read that, I was mind blown, and yet it made so much sense at the same time. Our connections don't just affect our experiences. Our connections directly affect us, who we are, our brain, how it works. Let me tell you a quick story about this. It's taken me time, but I've learned that the fastest way to get me out of my depression when I can feel it, but I'm still in a place to be able to recognize it for what it is, is for me to connect with someone. That can mean calling a friend, walking to a neighbor. In person is always the best way for me, but sometimes I'm too far into the depression for that face-to-face interaction, and the most I can do is send a text that says hi or even send a snap to someone. A few years ago, before I realized how much connection helped me, I was having a particularly bad day, Um, the kind of day when I can't even make small small talk, the kind of day when I don't answer when one of my sisters calls. And as soon as as my husband got home that day from work, I left. I couldn't stand to be home. Normally, I can shut myself in my room and hide and work it out, or sleep, or watch TV, but this day, I just couldn't. And now, I have to say here that this wasn't the atmosphere in my home, this wasn't my family, or my relationship with them. I love them dearly. This was my depression, and only my depression. So I lived near a shopping center, and I went, I was hungry, and I figured, I'll go to Chick-fil-A, because, you know, we all know Chick-fil-A fixes everything. (laughs) So I drive, uh, to Chick-fil-A, and um, as soon as I get there, I see the drive through is f- full, which is annoying, and I'm like, should I go, should I not? So I'm like, all right, fine, I'll go inside. Now, I have to say that I was dressed, and I had makeup on, my hair done, because depression has so many faces. But the thing is that because I was dressed and ready to go, I'm sure that not a single person in the restaurant could tell by looking at me how I was feeling. I ordered my food to go, and then I waited for it to the side of the registers. And as I waited, the guy next to me was also waiting. And now I don't have a very good memory, so I can't even remember the exact context. I think he was waiting for a refill. He made some small talk about the weather and what a nice day it was or something. Then a person came to see if we'd been helped. And I said I was waiting for my food, and I moved aside. And the person asked him if he'd been helped and got him a refill. Like I said, I don't remember all of the details, but what I do remember is the important part. What I remember was he placed his hand on my shoulder and he said, thanks for letting him go ahead or something like that. But the thing is, you guys, he touched me, not in a creepy way, but in that instant, I was pulled back to the land of the living, back to reality and right out of my depression. That seemingly simple connection with a complete stranger, that helped me because it's just like Goldman said, even the most routine encounters act as regulators to the brain, priming our emotions. That's what happened. That simple routine thing regulated my brain and pulled me back. Now, this has been on the front of my mind these last few days because in the past, I've tried to be open about my depression with those that are close to me and even a little bit open about it on Facebook. 
But a few days ago, we had some people over, and as the evening was winding down, there was just one couple left, one family left in my house, and the kids were playing, a movie was finishing up. I know the wife, but I only know her through her husband and mine, so we aren't super close. And while we waited for the movie to end, we got talking, and it felt like out of the middle of nowhere, she opened up to me and shared her very recent, very difficult struggle with depression. And when I shared mine, she had no idea that I experienced it also. In that moment, we learned from each other. We connected over the very thing trying to sever all of our connections. Then she timidly asked if she could share my experience with her husband. Since our husbands are friends, maybe they could learn from each other. I definitely said yes, 100%. And in that moment, I realized the more we connect, the less we suffer. So if you are now feeling, or if you have ever felt depression, I want you to know that there are others, lots of others out there suffering in silence with you. And if you haven't felt depression, but you've gone through something you didn't feel you could share, there are others out there who have also suffered alone. We can decrease both our own suffering and the suffering of others when we reach out how and where we can. As we talk openly, share our stories, and own our experiences, we'll be lifted up and we'll lift up others and give them voices. I love that song, Hands, by Jewel. And you know, sometimes you hear the lyrics a little different than they are. So here's the lyrics that I hear. I will not be made useless. I won't be idle with despair. I'll get myself around my faith. It's the light the darkness most fears. And we'll fight, but not out of spite but because someone must stand up for what's right. Because where there's a man who has no voice, there the shadows seek. Let's stand up together and shine light on those shadows where depression and other suffering hides, where it grows. Let's cut it off at the knees and show it how strong we are together. And now, practical application, I'm not telling you to go out and touch random strangers. I can picture it. Oh, sorry, Haley told me to touch strangers. No, please don't. I am suggesting that we see people, really see them, and then let them know that we've seen them. This can be strangers or friends and family. This can mean putting down your phone while in a waiting room and looking around for someone to connect with. It can be paying a sincere compliment to someone, a stranger or not. It can be as simple as asking, how are you? And meaning, how are you? Instead of meaning, hello. Or if you know someone's name, try using it when you talk to them. I've learned it helps people feel connected when the person they are talking to uses their name. And if you feel yourself in a spot where you need connection, look for it. While I was talking for a friend before recording this podcast, I realized I do need to say not everyone connects the same way. Some connect emotionally, some physically, and some connect intellectually. No one way is going to work for everyone. And in fact, the, what works for someone once won't always work for that person again. I don't like to give examples because I don't want to limit anyone. But if you would like examples in a, of different ways to connect, then go ahead and comment or send me a message or an email and... Uh, and we can talk about that. My suggestion is spend time finding out how you most like to connect. If you're not sure, try different ways and see what feels best. See what lifts you up the best. Once you know, you can look for ways to connect with others when you feel you need it most. 
It also helps to let those closest to you know how you feel connection the best so that when you come to them with a request, they can see it for what it is, you trying to connect. I hope I've decreased your desire, I've increased your desire to reach out and connect with those around you and decreased your desire to sever those connections. I hope I've, I've helped in some way and I hope that you feel lifted up um, and that you'll reach out to me. If you want to leave a comment, I'd love to hear how you feel and what you think on the topic of connection versus suffering or depression or really any topic that's on your mind. And I look forward to any input or comments. Thanks for listening.